Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to This Is Ours Podcast. I am your host, Omaina, and this is my podcast where our motto is to be unapologetically intentional. I first want to say by saying, start by saying a big thank you for the support surrounding my first episode. It was such a nerve-wracking experience, but thanks to family, friends, Irene, my special guest, here we are. So, yeah, thank you so much, and I hope you keep listening. Um, so, I've been having a lot of anxiety about recording the second episode. I'm not really sure why. Uh, I guess it's just... I just know... I, I think I have this clear idea of the kind of content I want on this podcast. And it's just the thought of, you know, letting down the people who are listening to me or the people who are supporting me has just really been getting to me. But I've decided to just you know keep pushing on and just keep doing my best because really my best is all I can give so today's episode is titled the absent present of my privilege or the absent pre- absent pre- present of privilege my privilege um is what I'm going to be talking most about but I guess just privilege in general but first before I even get into today's topic I want to review I want to just like share some of the conversations I was having concerning last week's episode on the independent woman. So I'm going to keep these people anonymous, you know, to protect their confidentiality, their right to confidentiality. So three points, I guess. I spoke with someone and they explained to me that this new classification of the independent woman is aimed at confusing women and is geared at making them ask themselves the wrong questions. Interesting. Ultimately, making these women despise their roles in society. The person went on to say that um, what they see being paraded as feminism from a lot of women who have professed to be such, so professed to be feminists, have stemmed from a place of bitterness and hurt. So what do you think? Is this the reasoning behind the rejection of the independent woman by some? Maybe, maybe not. Um, Just the thoughts. I haven't really... I don't know. I feel like I'm not sure... If I completely agree, but I think I can kind of see where the person was coming from. Another conversation I wanted to share was with a friend who was answering the question on whether or not a female should hide her success in a sense to spare her partner's ego. And they said that it was wrong to smother your God-given talents and abilities for a fellow human being as the woman's success should be seen as her partner's success as well. So basically, as a woman, if I'm successful, then shouldn't it also be the pride of my partner to have a successful partner? Um, They went on to state that instead of looking at the flaws and the faults in the women who are top dog, so to speak, we should be looking at the flaws in the partners. The flaws making it, in their character, I guess, making it impossible for them to promote and have pride in their partner's success which I agree with. So maybe we're focusing on the wrong thing. Instead of focusing on the problem, which is the independent woman in some case, maybe we should be focusing on why, on the reasoning behind the rejection in the first place. Like what's, where does that stem from? So just some thoughts. And the last thing before we dive right into today's episode was, coincidentally, last week I went to an event with a couple of my friends um, it was a, a Her Earth event, and it was a panel discussion led by Indigenous and Black women on various topics all related to the subjects of sovereignty. 
I believe I pronounced that right. So basically, during the talk, we spoke on sovereignty as a form of independence, which kind of led to a discussion on the independent woman. It was a very interesting talk. And I think for me, it kind of just like helped me bring the conversation back like full circle. Um, allowed me another avenue for me to critically reflect on the topic that I had just like literally recorded on and had like posted online the morning of. And I left the talk with the notion that for me, my sovereignty lies in my pursuit to find the balance between my independence and interdependence. So we had spoken a bit about these two concepts last week. And I think where my journey still lies in my pursuit for the balance between the two, because I believe that as a woman, I have the right to be both and not one or the other. So just something I wanted to share before we get into today's episode. So today's episode, I titled The Absent Present of My Privilege, and I'll talk a bit more about that later, but a quick story. So every year for the past maybe six or a few, maybe six years, give or take, my mom has done Santa at your doorstep. So it's basically, you know, Santa goes, parents or schools pay for Santa to go to their houses, their schools, and just, you know, something good for the children during Christmas time. So this year, in in collaboration with a childhood friend, my mom decided to do something a bit different. So my mom's friend, my auntie, has a non-profit which basically provides for children who live in impoverished areas in Lagos. And, you know, um, it's like you can donate to sponsor a child to go to school. They give them school uniforms, books, things like that, right? And so this year, I was home for the holidays and I went with my mom on the day that she went to do this Santa Sojosa for these children. And, you know, we we drove, If I don't know if anyone, anyone who's fa- familiar with Lagos, we drove to Aja, which is basically just like on the island. And we drove, drove, and we just, it, it kind of kept driving inside and inside, kept driving, kept driving, kept driving. Until we got to a part where, honestly, you couldn't even drive anymore because the roads were just not drivable. And even just the places that, like, the roads, the routes we were taking that were drivable, it was kind of, like, shocking because it was seeing a different part of Lagos, I guess, that I haven't necessarily been exposed to. So we get to the place, and we can't drive anymore. And we, you know, we get down, we take all the gifts, and we're walking now because we have to walk to get where we're going. And we walk there and get to see these children, maybe about... I want to say a hundred children, give or take, maybe a, a bit less than a hundred children in total, right? And we get into the school, and the school literally is made of wood, is stilts, and it's 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 on like marshland. And for me, it was like watching. I don't know. It, it, it like took me. It was like watching those infomercials on like starving Somalian children, except we weren't in Somalia, right? So basically this this school was right beside, like literally right beside it, they were drenching sand. So a company had paid millions and millions of naira for people to drench sand to then go and sell for a profit. But then you had this impoverished area where they were basically, you know, just, I don't know, it was just a very shocking, I don't even know if shocking was is even the right word to explain it but it just felt like I had been living with like rose-colored glasses on 
I mean, I knew that people were suffering. Like, Nigeria is, like, was supposed to be, according to the latest results, like, we have the world's, like, poorest population. And, and I knew that. But I guess I never really knew how bad it was. Um, so, I'd said before, like, I've said before to multiple people that know me that I have a passion for helping people. I think is why I wanted to be a doctor when I was a, a kid and why I'm a social worker right now. But I feel like at that moment and moments leading up to that and after that, I felt I feel like I realized that I've been really passive about my quote unquote passion for helping people. I was very privileged growing up. I'm forever grateful to my parents for giving me the opportunity. It shielded me from a lot of harsh realities of the world. And I guess it was a real some some form of like a reality check for me. Because later that day, that same day, Santa visited what we would call a private school. And it was amazing the subtle differences, the subtle and even the big differences between the two groups of children, right? On the one end, we had, quote-unquote, the impoverished children. And on the other hand, we had, quote-unquote, the private children who, you know, go to a better school, live in better areas. And I guess for me, it was kind of like, you know, and not to even fault either group of people but maybe and I grew up as that child who went to private schools because I was privileged enough to have that but you know some things you know it's not that I guess it's not that it's exciting but it's it's not like a life shattering experience to have something like Santa but for those children in the impoverished areas in Aja it was like you know Christmas came early something something different something they couldn't like they couldn't even explain so it it got me thinking and especially this this past semester so the past month i've been taking a culture and diversity class and the first first week we read a an article and in the article the author talked about the writer talks about the absent presence of her whiteness you know as a white nurse in a healthcare system and it made me think and by absent, I mean, you know, the fact of, so basically the fact of being present and the state of being absent. So before I even, you know, jump ahead of the gun, what do you define as privilege, right? What is privilege? Because I, I feel like, like most things in the world, it's kind of a subjective term, you know, like what are we talking? I feel like when people hear privilege these days, they think they, their mind just goes to white privilege. But, you know, that's not the only kind of privilege that, you know, we can really talk about. I think privilege, it is very fluid. It changes depending on the social location you find yourself. And by that, I mean, I can walk into one room and be one thing and walk into another room and be another thing. And I'll get into that a bit later, but absent privilege. So by absent, I mean, I only recently critically like assess the privilege that I have, you know, in my social location of being a 22-year-old Nigerian doing my master's in Canada as an international student. And present because even though I never really assessed it, it was always there because my privilege awards me certain benefits that people who aren't as privileged as me may not necessarily have. So I was talking about how fluid privilege is, right? So let's think about it in two ways. On the one hand... If I was in Nigeria, I am a woman, 
So that can go both ways. But I'm what Nigerians might call an ajebota. So basically, you know, I'm a rich kid. Maybe it's the easiest. Like, I haven't really seen life. Maybe it might be the easiest way for me to explain that. Like, the harsh realities of the world I was talking to that talking about before that I might have been shielded from as a kid. But then, you know, let's change the room, right? Now I am a black woman in the United States. Different privilege, same privilege, maybe, maybe not. So I guess you walk into a room and, you know, depending on where you are, depending on the location you find yourself, your privilege tends to change, right? So I think I used to see privilege as two sides to one coin, you know, the haves and the have-nots. So on one side, you have it, right? You're rich, you have all these opportunities. On the other side of the coin, you don't have it. You don't have any of these, I'm, you don't have any of these benefits that come with a certain social status, I guess. But then I, I recently I've been coming to see privilege as more of a spectrum. So I, as I was saying, fluid, right? Because no matter... It's very contextual, I guess, is the point I'm trying to get at because and relational. So if I relate myself to somebody else, I may or may not be more privileged than them. That's person A. But if I relate myself to person B, then I may or may not have more privilege than them. So I guess I've just been on this journey of really sitting down to assess, like, what my privilege is and what I'm defining privilege as. Because I I think also with privilege, what comes with it is like a lot of guilt, right? So you feel guilty for having this privilege. And I I think that's a perfect way to explain the emotions I was feeling this December when I went with my mom to do Santa for those children. I think it was a lot of guilt as to why do I have these things when these poor children and their families don't. But I think that that is like a very detrimental emotion to have when you think about the topic of of privilege because I think you know when if you think about it when you have guilt, right? You want you want it to go away. It's not a very positive emotion. So I have guilt, I don't want it, you know, I want to ignore it. I want to chuck it off to the side. But the risk of of ignoring this guilt is that by by common sense, you ignore the privilege related to this guilt, right? And, you know, ignoring your privilege may make you feel better because then maybe if you ignore it, then by logic, if I ignore it, then it's not there anymore, so I don't have it. But then the thing is, that's why, I, I think that's why I like the the notion of the absent pr- presence of it because just by ignoring it, it's still, like, it might be absent in your mind, but it's still present because we all are born into this world with an inherent privilege that puts us ahead of others. So by ignoring it, it might make you feel better. It might take that guilty away, but it's still there. And I think the risk of ignoring this privilege is you run the risk of reinforcing the the oppression of the less privileged people that you may not necessarily... Of course, most people don't set out to consciously oppress others, Right? We want to believe that we are better human beings than that. But I believe that by ignoring your privilege, you run the risk of subconsciously oppressing others because then you are not facing it. You are not coming in, you're not coming you're not coming face to face with this privilege. And by ducking from it, 
then you are just now we're back into this cycle like you are not able to confront you know the presence of it you're not able to confront the benefits that this may award you that somebody maybe for example two people are applying i guess to explain where i'm going two people are applying for a job right one person is a white man another person is a black woman they're both equally qualified but the job goes to the white man and in his mind he believes that it's because he's more qualified because that's what he has chosen to believe but if he really 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 looked at it right he may be able to realize that the reason why he got the job is because he's a white man maybe and by ignoring the fact that that may be what is happening then he has just become subconsciously a puppet in the oppressive cycle so although it's not a very easy thing i don't think our privilege is a very easy thing to confront but i think that we have a responsibility as individuals to check our privilege may or actually not check our privilege because i it's very interesting because i feel like before deciding to do this topic i feel like i would have said check your privilege but then i watched a ted talk by rachel west and she said not check check your perspective not check your privilege and by that i think what she was going at it was like a two minute ted talk actually it was like change the because if you change the narrative and the playing field change suddenly my social location has changed and so does my privilege so instead of checking my privilege which is inherent and fluid maybe i should check the perspective i have with things and change the narrative and maybe that might help me to visualize my privilege any better i don't i don't know let me know what your thoughts are on that but i i don't know i think the topic of privilege is one that we are going to be having for a really long time because it really encompasses a lot of you know race ethnicity gender like there's so many so many dimensions to it that a 30 minute podcast episode or 25 however long it it's not enough to fully unpack it but i think it's something that i've been thinking about a lot lately and i i, I think i wanted to say into the mic um which is why i decided to do this topic but even on that note i watched a ted talk I know that I really, really love TED Talks. And if you ever have the chance, if you're bored and you really don't know what to do, just Google a topic you like and the TED Talk. I promise you there's a TED Talk on it. But I watched a TED Talk by Tiffany Yana on the power of privilege. And it made me think. I was previously so focused on the privilege that I didn't have that. I think it blinded me to the privilege that I have, almost like I didn't see it, right? So I would look at, you know the billionaires and the millionaires and all these people and I think oh my gosh if I had that money oh my gosh you know if I was this if I was that that it, maybe it goes back to Rachel West's point on changing the narrative and the, my perspective because by being so focused on the privilege that I didn't have that other people had by comparing myself to others I completely was ignoring the privilege I have over other people and by doing that it wasn't it's not really helping anybody like it really isn't because if you think about it no matter the social location you find yourself the 
worst news is that there's always someone you are more privileged over, right? So, like, for example, I, at the beginning of the semester, in my cultural and diversity class I was talking about, we watched a video, it was like a privilege activity, right? So basically, you all stand in line, and they ask you questions, so you either take a step forward or a step back, right? Depending on what you answer. So if they asked, um, in my life, I never had to work full time to, you know, get myself through school. If you never had to do that, you take a step forward. And then if you had to do that, you take a step back, right? And at the beginning of the YouTube video, the contestant, no, the participants, sorry, were saying how whenever they thought of privilege, you know, you think of, and I feel like that's the problem. Whenever we think of privilege, maybe we think, you know, you think of, you never think of the little things like I have clean water or I have clean air or, you know, I have the right to be able to go to school as a woman or, you know, I'm safe in my own body. And the questions asked in the activity were questions like, you know, I can hold hands with the person I love in public. Um, I feel safe walking home at night. Um, you know, my parents didn't have to... I never had to see my parents because they were working three jobs so just to like send me through school. So it, I feel like when we think of privilege, a lot of times we think of the big things, you know, and no one really thinks of the little things like, as I was saying, clean air, clean water, things that a lot of people around the world might not necessarily have. So I think even in confronting our privilege, we really have to look at what we define privilege as because you can't confront something that if you don't know what it is. So... That's kind of where I am in my thought process. And I think the reason why, going back to my point in the beginning about having so much anxiety, I think the reason why I'm having anxiety is because I'm trying to, maybe I'm trying to be, I'm trying to turn this podcast into something it wasn't supposed to be. It's basically just me talking to the mic about whatever it is I've been thinking about that week. And this week I've been thinking about privilege. So... Those are my thoughts on privilege. But one last thing, actually. I think the moment we begin to confront our privilege and the benefits that it awards us, then maybe then we would be able to share that privilege. And by that, I mean, if I now understand that my privilege awards me benefits like clean air and, you know, clean water, then maybe by accepting that it does then and you know accepting that guilt because i can't run away from my guilt and i can't run away from the privilege that is awarded to me because the thing is your privilege is awarded to you whether you want it or not it's not like a choice you can make right you can't say oh i want to be privileged or i don't want to be privileged it's given to you regardless of whether you want it or not so the moment we decide to accept that privilege that is given given to us and accept the guilt that may or may not depending on who you are as an individual but for me personally, comes with it, then from that moment on, I believe that you can take steps to sharing that privilege, helping people, and, you know, maybe maybe that way we can one day even, even out the playing field. Because if we continue to run from it, then, as I was saying, we're just perpetuating this cycle, and we're never going to be able to really ever have an even playing field, right? The playing field just... it. Basically, the playing field just changes and people are still more privileged than others. So maybe by confronting our privilege, then we can begin to share the privilege that we have and even out the playing field. 
So those are my thoughts on privilege for today. But I have two questions. Or, yeah, two questions before I leave. My first question is, why do we blame people for their privilege? Is it their fault? And by this, I mean, I feel like a lot of times, as I was saying, as human beings, we we have, at least, I think I, I used to have the tendency to blame people just because they were more privileged than me. But the thing is, like, as I was saying, you don't choose to have privilege. It's kind of given like to you by society which is another question to ask who dictates who has privilege over the other right but so why why do we blame people for their privilege is it because we want to be like them is it because like it makes it feel better that we don't have the same benefits that they have i don't know and i guess another question is who decide can we ever, no, I guess my, my second question is, can we ever even out the playing field so that not one person is privileged over the other? Or do we live in a society that is so hierarchical that just the thought of an even playing field is almost like a utopia, kind of? So I guess my two questions are, why do we blame people for their privilege? And is it ever possible to live in a world where there's an even playing field for all so please 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 if you listen to this to the end hopefully you listen to this till the end and you liked the questions or you thought the questions were interesting or you even if you hated the questions and you go on the twitter zero you are own or the instagram zero you are period own or even the facebook on unapologetically just intentional and you're like okay oh my now i love these questions i hated these questions or what were you thinking and you tell me what you were thinking and then i can share maybe with you or talk with you about what i was thinking and then you know yeah so thank you so much for listening to this and this week don't forget to be unapologetically unapologetically intentional god bless have a wonderful day